0: are you some kind of pyromaniac you know using fire is not exactly the recommended way to get rid of me but how do you you have hidden powers you're one of us right i'm one of you sure that's what i've been trying to say how wonderful my name is crystal what is yours uncanny mystic minds podcast welcome to another episode of uncanny mystic minds so for today um i wanted to uh share a little bit about this book uh, the beginning about this book called uh, candle magic by uh, isadora bloom uh, it's candle magic for beginners discover how this ancient light helps you finally manifest your dreams and desires so uh yeah i'd gotten this on kindle a little while ago and uh I was going through it yesterday, and I thought it was really cool. It stuck out to me. It was one of the things that stuck out to me uh, last night. So I wanted to share a little bit about uh, this book with you guys. So um, I'm going to get into this introduction. So we'll go from here. So the intro is called The Call of the Flame. The flame flickers and retreats. It grows and shimmers in a living dance of change. Let me make sure I got this right. Okay, yeah, we are going, okay So, sorry about that, let me start over So, the flame flickers and retreats It grows and shimmers in a living dance of change Blue melts into white White melts into yellow Yellow into orange Orange into red The flame melts into the light of the mind behind the eyes Deeper still, the melting and merging go on Falling away into an infinite inner wellspring Have you ever stared at a flame? Mesmerized by some strange inner sense, it's just you and the flame. Something draws you in. There's a feeling so deep and natural, a feeling so familiar. There's a kinship with the fire energy, so fragile and beautiful, so bright and true, and so very strange. You're spellbound. It's radiance, it's energy, it's warmth, and it's light. The candle burns true. Candle gazing is an ancient experience and one that we all know well. Suddenly the mystic feeling begins to happen. All you need is a little inner space, a bit of sustained interest, a simple flame, and the magic begins to take shape in consciousness and in the universe at large. It happens without too many words, without too many instructions. It's there for anyone to explore and use. And eventually, master, or for anyone to ignore completely the magic mind does it the magic doesn't mine either way; it remains what it is when concerned. This is the essence of candle magic. The candle is a, is a vehicle for unleashing the real source of magic which lies in the human heart and consciousness. The reflection of power is in our own personal flame of awareness and light. It's our own choice to either use it or ignore it. There are different methods for unlocking this magic, and different human natures are drawn to different pathways. If you're reading this book, then most likely the flame has spoken to you. It's inviting you to understand something fundamental. You're the magic. It belongs to you. And it's right here with you. Breathing, exploring, living, and thinking. That includes reading this book and being curious. The magic is a -a one-of-a-kind practice of you simply being you. If this book can remind you of this truth on a deep level, then it has achieved its purpose. For me, candle magic has a kind of magnetic attraction. I love the flame, the wax, the scents, the warm and ambient light, and the whole ritual of making and burning candles. I respect the fact that each individual being finds their, their link to the magic, to the divine, to the true nature of life, each one in their own way. I don't feel drawn to every belief system or the typical dogmatic organizations. I like simple, earthy things, and that's where I feel a real sense of magic. I feel the same magic in nature everywhere I look. I see it in human beings, in their eyes, in their smiles. I know that magic is a part of this universe, and that fundamentally we're all magical creatures. My exploration of candle magic has been my way of harnessing this energy, and it has unlocked a wonderful depth of conscious awareness, self-empowerment, and fun in my life. I hope to share something of that feeling with you here. Hope that you'll find this spark of magic that you're looking for. Even better, perhaps you'll discover that has always been right here with you. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like that. Um, yeah, it's a really nice intro, and uh, yeah, man. So I remember when I did um, I did my little, uh, God, my little. Uh, I was doing some some work a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of it had to do with candles, um, that was one of the components I used, and man, did it really, I don't know, yeah, I feel without the candle, I, I don't know, like, the candles, I think, are such a game changer, in a sense, um, when used with other different stuff, and um, yeah, it's like, I, f- I feel like I can, like, transport into, like a, <laughs> like, a different place, it's almost like, and then it changes, like, the, it literally changes the vibe, like, the Ultra space, whatever you use as your ultra space, I just feel like it. I feel like the fire is like the transporter <laughs> in a way. Um, and then, um, yeah, so it's like a main huge catalyst that'll like once you incorporate other things, like maybe some breathing techniques or you know, other things to raise energy, um, it really starts to go somewhere. But I think without that fire, man, I think like the fire is like the damn it's like the damn light literally like it's showing you where to go it's like it's like really honing it down and uh it gives it like a really grounded sense and then um yeah i think without that uh the the transportation if you will um where you're going with your work i feel like it would be pretty (laughs) it would be pretty stuck without fire to the end of that intro let's see here so the foundation of candle magic is a particular combination of consciousness and the material world our minds and emotions give rise to our intentions magic uses this as the driving energy and enhances the energy making it easier and more direct for the universe to manifest your intention We'll examine all the nuances of this simple act of focusing intention with the flame. At the heart of candle magic, you'll find a deep understanding of vibrations, resonance, and correspondence. Besides your candle, you can use a range of supporting magical techniques and vibrational correspondence with your spells or intentions. In this book, you'll find a wide range of supplementary magic, including color, sound, geometry, astrology, and more. We're gonna explore how to experiment with the art and how to grow in understanding. Eventually, you'll find your own unique style. Then the fun and magic will happen all the time. The main thing is to learn how to ignite your power of intention and raise your energy to a higher vibration of potency. The simple act of turning the light of awareness inward, like a candle flame lighting up a dark room sets up a process of transformation and transmutation. The idea here isn't to provide a one-size-fits-all formula for your candle magic. For your practice to be successful, you have to embrace it. You have to make it unique and personal. You have to feel it in your depths. It has to express your own fragrance of being. When you gain a wide perspective on the art of the candle flame and the art of intention and conscious magic, the doorways in your own mind and heart may open in this book uh, i hope this book will inspire you to look inward while you stare at your candles flame i also hope that you'll feel a sense of authenticity and hope as you read then experiment on your own with the art perhaps you'll remember the feeling of being a child again that wonder sense of awe and natural joy of true of your true self Magic goes far deeper than casting spells to attract love and money into our lives. It's more than warding off negative vibes. It means more than entertaining crowds with tricks. It's about being who we truly are and living the kind of magical life we all long to live. Yeah, I think that's pretty dope, man. Yeah, it's very enticing for me. Um, Yeah, definitely got a soft spot uh, for this stuff here. Alright, so with that, uh, let's get into the first chapter the basics of candle magic. So, some people think that magic is weird and unnatural, something that magic only belongs on a stage or in a Hollywood movies. I disagree. For me, magic is the most natural thing there is. The more I discover about the art, the more it seems to dovetail with my life. I never use it to manipulate other people or as mere entertainment. For me it's not a frivolous game, it's deeply meaningful. It's a way to access a deeper dimension of everyday life. It helps, me, it helps keep me positive and it helps attract into my life the situations and people that help me grow and find enjoyment. It protects me from negative vibes and makes me more sensitive to the deeper shades of wonder to be found in life and other people. So this chapter will give you a quick introduction to, uh, to one way to do it. It's not the only way to get the kind of results you want. And bear in mind, your own way will be your own. Some of the rituals and methods here uh, will resonate with you and others won't. That's natural, so go with your intuition. I'm going to use a practical example for this introduction. Let's say that uh, I want to create a book about candle magic. I want the book to be successful, beneficial to me. And helpful to other people at the same time. That's my intention and goal. So now I'm gonna explain how I use candle magic to manifest that intention. The first step for me is always a kind of game of what if. I spend some time daydreaming about the thing that I want to manifest. I let it play in my subconscious mind without forcing the issue. So what would it be to what would it be like to manifest a book about candle magic into the world? What would it look like? How would it sound? What would the tone be? Who would read it? I think about the idea and I let things take shape in my imagination. I try to visualize it in different ways. I imagine someone reading the book and smiling. I imagine a total stranger finding something valuable in its pages. The stranger is inspired to try candle magic too. The thought makes me happy and it feels right. I ask myself questions like, is this really what I want? I try to think of reasons why it's a good idea or a bad idea, just to make sure that there's no self-division in me. It's not really a rational or critical process. Mind you, it's more of a game, and I'm totally free with the process. When it's important enough, it seems to happen all by itself. This kind of thing helps me formulate a very clear intention. It's a kind of introspection or kind of meditation, if you want to call it that. For me, this imaginative process is one, the most, is one of the most important ingredients in magic. It seems to galvanize my vibrations, or my inner energies. When I've wrapped my head around it, it's time to start the magical ritual. Alright, so this is my candle ritual. Because this intention is quite important to me, and and is going to take some time to manifest, I select a special day to perform my ritual. The book is the start of something new, so I wait for the new moon, and I perform the ritual with the rising sun. There's a Wednesday when I'm not working in about 10 days, uh, so it's close to the start of the new moon, and Wednesdays go with Mercury, which is the planet of communication. It feels right to me. I mark the date, And in the meantime, I look for harmonies and correspondences. As I go about my regular days, my subconscious mind is already working on my intention. So I find that things start coming to me. It may be that I'm just paying more attention. Or maybe the coincidences are synchronicities. I don't know. And I don't mind either way. It works, so I'm not complaining. I happen to notice a small aquamarine stone. And it occurs to me that aquamarine helps get words flowing. I put the stone in my sanctuary space. Then I notice my book about crystals. So I double check my facts. Turns out that labradorite is also good for bringing wisdom to words. But unfortunately, I don't have any. No stress. I continue with my day. It will come if it comes. A couple of days later, I'm talking to a friend and our conversation turns out to be turns of uh, the best books we've ever read. Something stirs in my subconscious. So when I get home, I find one or two of my favorite old books and place them in my sanctuary, too. The rest of my preparations aren't just coincidences. They take a bit of work. I gather the candles that I intend to use, and I think about the vibrations I want to enhance for my intentions. I decide to look up some information about sigils and signs that are related to my books. Communication and my subject, I spend some time thinking about color and sounds that go with my vibes. When the day arrives, I begin by setting up and purifying my sanctuary space. It starts with me, meaning I take a long shower, I carefully clean my hands, I clear my mind, and make sure that there is no negative energy hiding inside me. Then I light a sage stick and purify my sanctuary. I put on some ambient music with a particular frequency of sound that goes along with the vibrations I want to call on. It helps calm and soothe my brain and it sets the tone for the morning's ritual. I choose a white pillar candle as a centerpiece with seven smaller silver candles arranged around the base. I dress, or anoint, all the candles with some essential oil that works well. It isn't highly flammable if I use just the right amount, and it adds something special to my ritual. I also kept some of the sage for this purpose. I know that carving words and signs into candles takes a bit of time and can be messy, so I've already done that. I use the big candle for the carving because the little ones are impossible. I marked it with some words and sigils that seem like a perfect match. I also added the number 23, which is linked to effective communication in numerology. As I'm dressing the candles, I sink into a meditative kind of mood and crystallize my intention in my mind. I feel a kind of tingling in the palms of my hands, which is a sign for me that it's working. My intention is connecting with the candle. My sanctuary space has a circle and a pentagram aligned to the north. These symbols are significant to me because they help protect my intentions and my space from outside influence. The pentagram has magical proportions based on sacred geometry. There are a couple of large quartz crystals on top of the table that help amplify the vibrations. The labradorite never appeared, but I'm fine with that. I placed the aquamarine next to the quartz. Underneath the crystals are the old books that inspired me. I always have some incense burning. It's in a sacred, beautiful, and very meaningful holder. I have my oils and herb bundles on hand, and there's some salt water too. I use a salt water near the start of the ritual to create a counterclockwise circle around my area. The herb bundle contains different things for different spells. This time it's mostly sage, but there's also mugwort, alder, and rose. The sounds, the ambient light, and the scents combine to create a wonderful atmosphere. I'm charged with intention and good vibes. After a few moments of focused meditative awareness, I light the candles. For about 15 or 20 minutes, I sit there and bathe in the experience. I think about my intention over and over again, visualizing it in my mind. I have a kind of mantra written down and I repeat it a few times. A book of candle magic that will inspire and benefit me and the people in the world around me. The candle flames are burning steadily. I watch for signs in the flickering of the flames and the color of the smoke. But it all seems stable, even smooth. I take that as a good sign. The outcome is going to be positive and smooth, but not necessarily drastic or sudden. After a few minutes, I hear my phone ringing in the other room. I must have forgotten to switch it off. Determined not to spoil the moment, I simply accept that it's ringing and will go to a voice message. Soon it stops ringing and it's out of my mind. I'm focused, happy, and determined. Not long after that, I feel the energy inside me begin to change. I can sense that it's done. My intention is out in the universe and what will be, will be I'm not in a hurry. The music is soothing. I don't have anywhere to be today, and it's a magical morning anyway. So I linger for a while, flipping through one of the old books. Before I leave, I snuff out the small candles, but leave the big one burning. I know it's a safe because I have fireproofed the area, and there is no breeze in my, sanctuary, in my sanctuary corner. I take... I take care to close the door so my pets don't come in and accidentally knock over the table. Please always be safe with your open flame. I spend a lot of time creating the perfect space for a candle to burn without supervision. So that's a basic outline of one way to practice candle magic. Of course, there's more to it. And uh, the chapters that follow will go into a lot of detail about the origins and details about candles and candle magic. Along the way, I'll explain the heart of candle magic. The last chapters will give you supplemental information about everything that goes around the candle and the ritual. Wow. Pretty good stuff, man. I really like that. Uh, yeah, I could really resonate with this, man. I was getting, uh, like flashbacks of, uh, of some of the stuff I was doing, uh, recently. And yeah, man, it's, it's really nice. Uh, it, yeah like this stuff it does take time So you gotta prepare yourself mentally Before you pick a time in a day to go about intentions Like this and um, That way uh, you're not In a rush and it'll be easier To ground yourself and stuff like that Yeah cause it does take Time and energy And stuff like that And so uh, You wanna go in there like uh, Pretty much ready to Ready to do your thing you know So one more thing i wanted to get into was uh about how to set up your sacred space so it's not strictly necessary to have an altar or sacred space after all the magic is everywhere having said that i strongly recommend that you take the time to create a sacred space your sanctuary serves as a kind of center of gravity it's like a home base for your energetic link to magic even if you're halfway across the planet the link remains active It gathers and focuses all your vibrational charge. It's a safe and protected cove for your wandering spirit. You can still perform a candle ritual while traveling or on vacation. Your home base anchors and grounds your practice. When I travel, I sometimes take a special small candle holder that I keep in my sanctuary as a kind of physical link. When I get home, I purify and recharge the holder again. Then I put it back in its place, and you can purify and recharge your crystals, candles, and sacred objects by placing them in the moonlight or rinsing them with pure water. Some people like to create a little recharging sanctuary somewhere outdoors, surrounded by plants, rocks, and water to balance the energy. But that's not strictly necessary. Your sanctuary should be an expression of your sacred and divine link to magic. It should be highly personal and meaningful to you. It should feel inviting, nurturing, and powerful. It doesn't have to be big or fancy. It should be magical. If you're anything like me, then over time it will grow and evolve with you. It's a good place to keep your candles, holders, jars, herbs, oils, crystals, books, talismans, and everything else related to your practice. Spend some time looking for the perfect spot. See how the space relates to the world at large, how it's oriented along the compass directions, how much light and energy flows, and how secluded and private it can be kept. Ideally, you'll want somewhere that's relatively fireproof, or at least safe safe to leave a candle burning if you want. That means preventing drafts and keeping pets away, for example. Safety first, fire is dangerous, wax is messy, and smoke can be a hazard. Be sensible about your space. You may sense the perfect little corner intuitively. I suggest that you consecrate and cleanse the area first. You can do that by burning sage, Palo Santo, consecrated incense or herbs and oils, or performing whatever ritual feels right to you. Bring your intention into it. Dedicating the space to your magic link if it feels right, protect the sanctuary space by casting a circle of salt and herbs or scrubbing with salt water. We'll come back to casting circles in a moment. In the meantime, you may want to find the perfect little container for energized salt water, which you're going to use for your circle. I like to use a small low table as the centerpiece. You can scatter some cushions around or place a chair somewhere comfortable where you can sit and stare at your candles. Use rugs, incense holders, drapes, sacred statues, relics, sacred geometry, special candle holders, or whatever feels fitting to you. You could add rocks, feathers, wood, natural objects, shells, coins, money, and anything else that has the right kind of vibrational energy. Decorate as your circumstances will allow. The energy of nature and magic doesn't care one way or the other, whether you're a whether your sanctuary is fit for a fancy magazine or as a palace <clears throat> or if it's just bare bones the effort and attention to detail is for you so you can bond with the space and make it feel personal and sacred cauldrons, burners, chalices or shells make great additions use them to contain water to represent that element Place in the west if possible they can serve as a as a handy fire safe dish that you can safely use for burning incense, herbs and papers with spells for releasing or manifesting. In addition, I like to keep representations of all the elements. There are earthy stones and crystals in the east for earth and incense for air to the north with the candle representing fire down south. An athame is used in many Wiccan and pagan traditions. It's a consecrated knife or blade used only during rituals and ceremonies. It's handy for spells, energy work, cutting plants and herbs, and of course, carving candles. I find that a robust tablecloth is a very practical addition. Candle magic has its messy moments. When I'm carving and anointing candles, there's always a bit of debris of of leftover wax. Wax melts, things spill, and little mistakes happen. It's all a part of the fun of the process, and it's a living ritual, not a theoretical exercise. Balance your aesthetic sense and your feeling of devotion with practical common sense. For example, I find that having a large glass jar handy is useful for collecting wax for recycling into new candles. You'll figure out uh, the tiny details that work well for you as you go along. You could also add a small mirror as an option serves to reflect and intensify the candle flame, adding more space and abundance to the event. Whatever objects resonate with you, whether they're pentagram tiles, photos of people or places, tokens, talismans, statues or figurines, give them a place of honor and set your purest intention for your sacred altar. Keep your layout in line with the vibrational magic of sacred geometry where possible. Remember, the universe understands this language. Start small and simple, then experiment with addition, because quality of vibration and intention trumps quantity. There's no point in cluttering up the area and confusing the vibrational resonance unintentionally. Keep it simple and meaningful. It will grow. Before we move on with the details, this may be a good place for one more note. It can be extremely helpful to establish a baseline by knowing how your candle burns with, without the magic ritual. Spend some time with it before you start your ritual. Candles are not uniform and predictable. They have a life of their own. And different wicks, fuels, shapes, and sizes all have an effect on how candles behave. While you're setting up your space, start playing with the candles that you're intending to use. Notice the flame, the smoke, and the shapes created in the wax. Pay attention to the small details. It's like learning a new language. When you perform your ritual, these same signs become more important. They're the the ways the candle can speak to you. Be careful about swapping candle types because they burn differently. Get to know your candles. This is useful when you want to discern the difference between mundane and magical signs. For instance, if your candle sputters and goes out, you'll want to know if it was just the type of candle, the wick or something, you know, deeper is going on. Also, play with your oils and herbs on the candle. Learn to judge how much is too much. Light candles when you're having dinner or taking a bath. All while you're doing research for your coming ritual. You're building a rapport with the candle energy. The oil and herbs have properties that influence the way the candle behaves. Some can increase the size of your flame or create different kinds of smoke. Be careful as you experiment. Less is more. And get a feel for it before you start. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very good, useful stuff, I think. All right, so we're going to get a little bit here into preparing for your ritual. There's always, uh, there's always going to be a bit of preparation before your ritual. I find that for the big ones, the intentions that mean the most to me, I spend more time and care with for preparation. I carefully select a date and time with good vibrations. You may want to do some preparation the day before. Sometimes I skip some of the steps with less important issues, if it feels right. Uh, it all depends on how much time you want to dedicate to your process. All right, so, yeah, man, I know when, uh, when I was doing my little thing uh, some weeks ago, uh, I don't know, I, I think I kind of prefer uh, to not prep the day before, like, like maybe just in terms of just having the items at the very most but uh like in terms of like carving all this stuff i think <laughs> i think a lot of intention and useful energy can be honed in when you're doing all that in the same day for the ritual because um, i think there's a lot of power and intention that you can put into like the carving part itself you know what i mean um and uh and then just i know it kind of takes time but um I think it just adds to the whole thing and then so that's why you got to pick a day out ahead of time you know what I mean so that way you know that like your time your your morning whatever you chose it to is dedicated for that so I don't know that's kind of my input uh, I think it's kind of uh, I kind of prefer to do it all on the same one day um, even if it takes longer um, I feel like it I don't know for me at least I felt like I had more bang to my buck you know but uh yeah I think this is a good time. Uh, or a good spot to end it for now. I'll, I'll continue later on with this book. It's, it's I, I like how this, uh, how it's written, and uh, there's like some pretty cool stuff in there about uh, kind of accessory things, and then even like the history of fire and all that kind of stuff, and even like how to make your own candles. You know, yeah, I think, I think that's pretty interesting. The whole making candle, uh, making your candle thing. Uh, I don't know what comes to mind now is uh, uh. The, the guy, uh, the, the dude Nico from uh, Upstate Unconventional podcast, uh, I'm going to be with them uh, next week sometime. And uh, I know that he makes his own candles sometimes. I heard that he makes his own candles. So I'm going to have to pick his brain a little bit about that and uh, <laughs> and kind of see how you do that. Because uh, I don't know. It might be something to look, to look into, to invest in. So, But uh, all right, guys, that was another episode of Uncanny Mystic Minds. And we will catch you guys later. Peace.